Hey, I'm Brendan. And I'm Carly, and we're the Sustainable Duo. And we're with SoFlo Vegans. And welcome back to another episode of the SoFlo Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlo Vegans, Sean Russell. On this episode, we are excited to have the sustainable duo, Brendan and Carly, back to talk about zero waste, permaculture, horticulture, pet care on a zero waste lifestyle, as well as a lot of other topics that you want to check out. This episode has been brought to you by Vegan Cuts. We're excited to team up with them to offer you $5 off your first order. To redeem this order and to learn more about Vegan Cuts, go to soflowvegans.com community. And while you're there, you can see all the ways you can support our growing movement and help make South Florida a global hotspot for vegans. So if this is your first time listening to the SoFlo Vegans podcast, we interview doctors and people just making a difference in the vegan community, both in South Florida and around the world. You can check out all of our episodes by going to SoFloVegans.com slash podcast. So with that being said, our episode with the Sustainable Duo. You are listening to the SoFlo Vegans podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of the SoFlo Vegans podcast. Today we have some returning champions on the show. We have Carly Bergman and Brendan Fitzgerald, our Brendan Bergman, on from the Sustainable Duo. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. I mean, it feels like it's been forever since we did our last episode, and I know a lot of exciting things have been happening for you guys. You've had a couple of opportunities to meet up with you at different events, plant-based paradise, vegan block party. I'm sure the list will continue to grow and grow as our community grows and grows. But if you want to check out their story, kind of how they got started, how they got connected, built the sustainable duo, make sure you check out our podcast from last season. This episode, we are mainly going to be focusing on the topics of sustainability we're going to be focusing on you know growing your own food horticulture composting a lot of things that maybe you have questions about and we will do our best to provide as many answers tidbits morsels for you to enjoy so with that being said we are going to go a little bit of backstory how did you both get involved in sustainability and and growing your own food and, and this type of lifestyle. Take it away. Um, I watched I watched Cowspiracy one night and went vegan immediately. So that inspired like this this new this new uh, passion, I guess. And it wasn't just about saving the animals. It wasn't just about getting you know bettering my health. It wasn't just about the, the planet. It was literally I had a perspective shift overnight. And then I immediately knew that there was like more to life than just what I was living, which was that nine to five, which is that same, same chicken sandwich every day, which is that same, those same habits, same routine, going to the gym six days a week, seeing no progress, et cetera. There's a new life out here. So my eyes just opened. And then, and then we met and she's the one who actually like gave me a perspective shift overnight again. And that was into living a more 
zero waste lifestyle, which I had nothing to, I had no idea what that was at right. the time. Yeah. Like the morning I met Brendan before that I was on an edible plant walk in Southwest Florida and I was on, we were identifying with like this, um, he was like a, a man that studied Native American tribes and he was maybe in like his seventies and he was walking us through this forest preserve, like showing us like the different plants that the Native Americans use, like for Advil and natural ibuprofen and, um, and inflammation to fight the flu, things like that. So I've always really been into like medicinal healing and growing plants, horticulture, permaculture, you know, hydroponics. So when we met that kind of just like, amplified because we're both into it and we both have so much to explore and learn and so what I went to college for too. So so you mentioned zero waste. Can you go a little bit into that? What does that actually mean? Right. Go ahead. You know, it's uh I don't really know if there's a definition out there for it. We we just kind of created our own definition. Right. It's uh it's it's doing shit like this and carrying your cup everywhere you go. Um it's it's just having your own your own to go bowls, bringing your own utensils you play places. And this is, and we're doing this for a reason. We're not just doing it to make a fashion statement because it is highly fashionable to have your own fork in your pocket, you know. <laughs> but um, the reason yeah. we're doing that is is to prevent the plastic usage. You see, you see, like all these restaurants, there's plastic everywhere. Yeah. Still, I mean, it's getting better, right. but we see we play. There's plastic spoons and forks and cutlery almost everywhere you go. Still, so to avoid that. We're just prepared and there's no excuse. There's no excuse after that. So we have opened up and, you know, we've hit this mark in our lives where, like, we're conscious enough to the point where we want to avoid that stuff. So we just go the extra mile and, and just take, I think it's just taking a step back. So being zero waste is very easy. It's just like anything. It's like preparing for a test or an exam or, um, you know, a new job promotion, interview, et cetera. You're taking the time to step back and think about what you're going to do next and you just exactly. get prepared for it. So. Exactly. Like every single situation, your mind is like, okay, how do I have the least amount? How do I produce the least amount of waste and how do I reduce my fossil fuel emission like as much as possible? So for like reducing your emissions, we get a ton of thrifted stuff. So this whole, everything you see in the back, like that's our decorations for our house. Everything we have is thrifted almost everything besides our organic mattress that we got um thrifted completely and that's just you know thrift shopping Brendan's outfit is thrifted someone like gifted me this shirt gifted me these earrings thrifted this scarf you know it's not buying things brand new when it terms in terms of material things and then food wise not getting things that are in plastic packaging or unsustainable packaging and also taking the extra step to influence these companies to shift towards more sustainable packaging as well. Okay. And one of the things that's always crossed my mind that I've never asked, like when you go to a restaurant or whatnot and you're using your, your cutlery and what have you, how do you, clean, how, how do you like clean it? Do you just put it with food you just gotta, on it? You just got to take a few extra licks, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, sometimes Carly will run to the bathroom and just rinse it off a little bit yeah. and then just, it goes, we have, there's like, we have sets that we actually sell on our website. This is, this is a product that, you know, keeps us going and keeps us traveling. Um, but basically you just, you put it back into the uh, little, little holder and that's it. And then you get home and you can properly wash yeah. it, but oh, okay. for the time being, you just 
suck on it. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, pulling, we're pulling that quote out. Um, so what has been the most difficult part of transitioning into this lifestyle for you? I think giving up a lot of the foods that we love. You know, when we first went zero waste, I was like, I'm a perfectionist. So I was like, nope, I am not having anything in plastic, like even supplements that I was taking that I needed for my hormones, like, cause I go to holistic doctors. So let's say I was having like a hormone imbalance. I had a supplement and I could not find it in glass and I can only find them plastic. I would not get it. And I would, you know, even kombucha, we wouldn't get, even though it comes in glass, we're like, no, it's just extra packaging. And we were like, getting to the point where we were super unhappy. We're like, this just isn't fun anymore. Like, you know, we'd go to these festivals and they'd, it's just, they would give us like a straw and like we'd bring them like our reusable cup and they'd put like a juice in there and then they'd put like a plastic straw and it would literally ruin our day. We're like, oh my gosh, there's so much of a disconnect, you know? Uh, We got, cause we were so into it and so invested and we still are, but we've learned to like, tone it down a notch and not let things like that just like ruin the moment just coming back to a place of like okay like everyone's doing the best they can with the knowledge that they know no one's trying to trash the planet hopefully most people you know and then um what we've done lately because we were avoiding a lot of these foods that come in plastic we've been finding food waste stores where we'll go and all the food there is expired um that stores just throw out but then um, these they're called liquidation stores and they actually like get all the food that the store is about to throw out and they sell it for like 70 to 90% off. So we'll go there and get expired food waste and we'll get like kale chips and cauliflower almond crusts and all these like different types of like vegan snacks that come in plastic packaging, but it's food waste. So we could feel good about it because it's zero waste. So that's kind of where we have found our yeah, happy it's, a, it's, it's going to, it, they're going to, it's going to go to the trash. You yeah. Know, if we don't, if those liquidation stores don't sell the product, then they just throw it out after some time. Mm-hmm. So it just makes sense to, to go there and clean up. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, exactly. The food waste is crazy. So the main idea is you don't want to purchase any new items and you're, but it's okay if it's reused or if it's secondhand or if it's going to be in one of these liquidation stores. So like if, you, if you get something in a packet, uh, plastic container at one of these locations, that would fall under the, the, the idea. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, okay. so say, they say if it's expired kale chips, you know, maybe they're two months expired, but they're still good. There's no animal products, so it's not a, it's not necessarily spoiled. It's just past its use by date. So, I mean, we're gonna eat that all day yeah. at ninety percent off, you know, right. and then all of a sudden, like. Yeah, we're, it's a plastic package, but it was going to be thrown out anyway if nobody bought it. So why mm-hmm. not? Why would we sacrifice, you know, USD or certified organic right. kale chips for, for you know, maybe kale chips at home that you might need more money to go into it. Um, have you ever tried making kale chips at home? It's like, not easy. You need like, <laughs> it's so much kale. You need like you five bunches. Need yeah. So much kale. So, so much kale. You know, there's certain ways that you can go about it like that. And that's how we define zero waste. Yes. And everyone has their own definition of zero waste, too, is what we realized. Like some people 
we know that we're vegan are now not vegan anymore because they'll dumpster dive and they'll find, you know, f fresh eggs that Whole Foods will throw out or they'll, you know, maybe get their own chickens or get used chicken eggs from a neighbor or they'll just have leftover food that someone brought home from a party and they'll eat that. You know, I have a couple friends that have like taken back their V card, as they say, and now they just eat expired food waste. So, yeah, they're not... I don't necessarily agree. I'm vegan before I'm zero waste. Um, but they, their claim is that they're not contributing to animal animal any animal cruelty because they're not giving the companies their dollar. So it's kind of like some zero wasters are like, okay, like they're okay wearing thrifted leather because they're not giving it to the animal companies that are, you know, exploiting animals. But then there's other zero wasters that are like, no, I don't want to support that. I don't want any suede, any leather. I only want like vegan products. But then that's even d deeper down the rabbit hole because like if it's not um, leather, then it's probably like a plastic that all of these mm. companies are using. So it's kind of like you, everyone wow. has its own place in this movement, you know? It's just like how far in the rabbit hole do you want to go? Because there's always going to be something. So we just tell people like do the best that you absolutely can and what resonates with you. So if, and it's, I yeah. mean, it's energy for me though. I would, I, I would rather, you know, use a plastic belt over a, over a leather belt. Just as my personal preference, you right. know, but if it's, if it's thrifted or something like that, I'm not going to call you not vegan or like shame you for, for getting a leather belt. Like that's just, I'm not going to shame anybody. That's not my place. But, um, personally, yeah, yeah. I, I would just, I would yeah. go for the plastic belt. And then somebody would be like, oh, you're not zero waste enough. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you we, ate plastic. But we, create, we created the, the definition of the word. Somebody created For the word. Somebody yeah. created the word, we created the definition. So that's just, fascinating. Um, right? Like, did, like, do you have, do you have like the whole, the whole part of like the thrifting part of it is what's really fascinating about it because that opens, that almost creates uh, more accessibility for people who may have thought, okay, I have to give up all of these things. And I think as you're speaking, I'm seeing a correlation between zero waste and veganism in the terms of getting into it. Like a lot of people, are speaking for myself, when I came into veganism, it was like, okay, this is a challenge. You know, like how am I, you know, can I do this? Because I didn't know where to go. You know, it's like, okay, I'm giving up all these foods. What am I replacing it with? I'm not necessarily cooking, you know, before I was vegan or you know, eating healthy, quote unquote. So like all of a sudden I'm going to stop eating meat and start eating healthy. So with zero waste, it's like, okay, I, I, I get it. I'm 100% behind it. And where do I go? So knowing that there's this whole other world that's out there, well, you know, reusing and thrifting and stuff like that, that within itself seems like an exciting um, journey. Sure. You have to go in with the mindset of like, this is exciting, this is fun, like it's convenient because a lot of people automatically with zero waste, they're like, we tell people about this lifestyle and automatically like a defense mechanism goes up and it's like, oh my God, I'm a mom. Oh my God, I have a full-time job. Oh my God, I can't do this. I don't have time for this. How do you do this? And they're like, mine just starts going, which we get. Um, and it's all about just going into it like this is fun this is going to be convenient it's saving the planet it's going to be better for my health and you gotta time manage like if you're spending 
three hours a day or two hours, one hour a day watching Netflix, you can swap that by maybe like sourcing zero waste meals and putting extra time into making zero waste meals rather than, you know, or spending like a couple more minutes at the grocery store using your reusable bags, you know? So it's all about where your mindset's at and... Well, and it's fun to, like, like you said, because we can go and you can go into thrift stores and find like designer clothing. You can find like sweet jeans or, or cool like track pants or whatever you're looking for. You can find all these things. So, you know, sustainable fashion shows are popping up now. Mm-hmm. And that's because people are, are making this a trend. They're having fun with it. They're going to thrift stores and they're putting together like sick outfits and then and then going and, and you know, doing these fashion shows. So, I mean, just have fun with it. That's what I do because yeah. – I found I find so much cool stuff at the thrift store. Yeah, there's a lot. Of there's stuff. so many sweet clothes and, and good finds. Find vintage tees, like Tupac t-shirts and stuff like that. Like <laughs> yeah. all that stuff that we used to love in the '90s, in in the early 2000s, is at the thrift store. So like, yeah. it's just like playing an arcade. Like you go into an arcade, you're like a kid in a candy store because you're playing Pac-Man, you're playing like Mario, you're playing Zelda, like all these cool throwbacks. That's what the thrift store is. Yeah. It's a straight up throwback. It is. Yeah. To the nineties. So I love it. I love going. Do yeah. you do you have any or are there any programs out there where I mean even specifically in the vegan space, but maybe not the vegan space, where people exchange like trade swap? Would that fall into the realm as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a oh, ton yeah. of school Well, I tell people, go on Facebook, get involved in your local zero waste community because it does exist. There's like a Facebook community for zero waste for almost every state, every city we've been to, we always look. And there's tons of clothing swaps. I see them popping up all over the places, especially some vegan events are doing clothing swaps too, which is really cool. So I think, yeah. Uh, I think there's there's conscious swaps in Miami. Oh yeah. There is. Yeah, there are. I forgot about that. It's like a it's like a meetup in Miami where they hold the you know every like week yeah. or so and you just bring your own clothes. You bring the clothes that you want to get rid of or trade, mm-hmm. and then you lay them out. And then there's and like in the room or wherever it's hosted, you lay out your clothing, and then people kind of walk around and like, all right, I'll trade you this for that, or like I'll I'll take this, and then you know somebody else takes takes what yeah. they brought. So yeah. it's pretty cool yeah. how it works out like yeah, that. Yeah, those are going hard in Miami too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're well known. How do you, how does one find all of these things? Like you mentioned, liquidations, um, liquidation stores. Um, a couple of thrift shops. Do you have like a resource on your website or anything like that? We just Google. Yeah. We really just Google. It's all on Google, all on Facebook. So hashtag social media, Miami clothing swaps. Like um, there, yeah, that's where we found the most of our, you know, resources that way. It's just getting creative. Like, like, like I said in the beginning, it's taking the time ahead of uh, up front. Like it's taking the time being prepared. Like, this stuff takes, you know, minutes to hours sometimes where you're like looking for certain things or, but in the long run, it's better because you bought it for a fraction of the price. It has history behind it. So it's fun. And at the same time, you're saving the planet and you're being resourceful. So there's a gratitude factor involved in that process that you forget about how much time it took up front because you don't even care. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, it's just being prepared in the, in the forefront of it all. And you got to just put the work in like anything else. If you want it to make, if you want to make it happen, it's not like these thrift stores, they do make it easier, but you still got to find what you're looking for. 
So yeah. you still gotta, you still got to put work in. It's like anything in life. You got to put the work in, you know, you have to, and, and it just doesn't come easy, but is it more fun for us? Yes. Are we more happy now that we found liquidation stores and we find, you know, cool thrift stores or we maybe drive an hour North or an hour South to go to the one of these stores and spend three hours doing it. Like I'm way happier doing that than I was yeah. giving it all up. That's for sure. Right. You know, <laughs> thinking, like, thinking like we can't contribute to anything like, no gas, no gas emissions. You know, it's like, oh shit! Like we yeah. can't even drive the car. What are we supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, we've been through it all. I'm gonna get groceries. So yeah. yeah, to get out of that black hole and redefine zero waste is has been fun. Right, and that's where growing your own food comes in. You know, mm -hmm. and and growing your own food. Since you're since we're on that, like, what? You know, I've had a lot of conversations, and it's always dawns on me, like, oh yeah. I, It'd be good if I knew how to grow my own food. And like you watch all these movies too, it's like, okay, what if the apocalypse happened? You know, like what yeah. skills should I have? So yeah. growing your own food, can you go into that? Like how how easy is it to jump into that um, world of growing your own food and being sustainable in that respect? Well, we live in our own apartment, and we're you can see we're growing some aloe back there. There's chaya growing on the walls. There's moringa papaya outside we've got parsley cilantro basil lemongrass i mean and we live in a, an apartment with no we have windows but we have no lawn you know so these are all things that are potted that are super easy to grow and on our instagram on sustainable duo we always post about tips of how to grow your own food indoors and what's best to grow and if you have if someone has their own backyard that's where a huge edible landscape can come into play. You know, permacultures are self-sustaining food forests. So you plant a couple of fruit trees and um, maybe spinaches and leafy greens in the ground. And it's a, it's a very intricate process, but um, in simple terms, it's self-sustaining. So you plant it and then you barely have to touch it. And it, nature is so intelligent, it does its own thing. And so I went to school at Florida Gulf Coast and we had permacultures. So when I first started dating Brendan, some of our dates were going to the food forest and harvesting our own jackfruit, um, papaya, allspice, cranberry hibiscus, hibiscus leaves, moringa, mantinga, like all these crazy Ethiopian spinach. We got our like dinners and we make those, remember those wraps, those wraps we would make? Wraps so, so good. So good. Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, it's right? so much stuff. And like, there's a lot of communities in Florida that have community gardens, they have food forests, permacultures, but these are all things that people can be growing in their front and backyard. And if you want to get creative, you can grow them on your balcony too. I mean, there's if you go on Pinterest, it's full of ideas. Yeah, I mean, and this is so close. So I mean, you can really grow anything at any time. Yeah. Um, you know, it, might, it might be a little more difficult up north. But there's also like indoor grows, like you got your mom for Christmas. Yeah. Um, there's indoor grow lights, you know, and we're not talking about weed, Sean. <laughs> we're talking about carrots, <laughs> herbs. <laughs> but also like people even build greenhouses, you know, and then yeah. they, have, they have like a whole on food system in the greenhouse year round. I mm. mean, you know, it just, again, it all comes back to... <laughs> You want to put the work in, like that's what it all comes back to. Mm -hmm. and it's all possible. We can make it happen. We don't have the keys to the castle. It's all within us here. I mean, we have all the resources. We just got to put the work in. Mm -hmm. You know, people. I think people are 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 busy finding excuses or 
or like maybe like shows are consuming their time or I understand that. But at the same time, it's like, what do you want? Do you actually want to live a certain way? And if you do, then you're going to have to give up some of that extra time mm-hmm. and, and put it towards what you, yeah. what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And that's what we try to live by our actions in alignment with our morals. Well, we don't sit, we don't sit here and just research, you know, permaculture for four hours a night. Like that's not happening. (laughs) We do decompress, you know, like basketball. I love, I love watching basketball games sometimes and, and stuff like that. So it's always good to jump in and, and like, you know, take a load off. On a Saturday night, we, we might call it jumping in the matrix jump and then in. jumping back out. Yeah. <laughs> like you could tap in, tap out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just having that balance at the yeah. same time. You know, don't kill yourself. Yeah. And as far as the food, like my thinking would be like, there's no way I'd be able to grow enough food to to actually live. Like, what would be the purpose? Like, maybe I could have one thing once a month or something. Like. Break that down for me. What would it, what it, what it could potentially look like for someone growing in an apartment? Yeah. So in an apartment, I just always tell people, start with the windowsill herbs. Mm-hmm. You know, just get some, go on Facebook, go to your local Southwest or South Florida gardening group. I'm in the Florida South gardening group, and they just had a huge plant swap. So people were bringing cuttings of papaya trees, jackfruit trees, cacao, mangoes, and they're bringing seeds for all of their herbs and stuff. And they're all doing a swap and everyone's swapping each other. It's a community thing. So this can all be free too. I mean, I don't pay for my seeds. I don't pay for my plant cuttings. I didn't pay for any of my stuff. It's all, I mean, it's growing outdoors. And, um, so for it would be like propagating when you take like a cutting off of another tree. So I would just propagate that and then start growing my own. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got a moringa tree. Um, papa, or that's how we got a ton of like the um, aloe and other like non-edible plants back in here too. So um, it could all be free. That's the best part. It's it, really inexpensive to grow your own food. Yeah, and you know, and it, we can't grow everything obviously because you know we can't have a banana tree on our balcony. Well, um, we can. But I mean, we if we if we plan to set up shop here for long term, right? Sure. Yeah, we're not staying here. That's fine. but um, realistically, like if you're a homeowner and you have a yard and stuff, like you can go all out. You oh know? yeah. But we understand there's a reality in life, and not everybody's a homeowner. Right. Um, we're not homeowners. You know, we're on the go all the time. But we try we we try to shop at as many and we support as many local farmers markets as possible. Like that's where we want to get most of our produce is like local farmer stands. Um, there's a farmer's market every weekend now that we're coming up on season, pretty much all over South Florida. It's, they're scattered everywhere. Um, we'll, we'll take trips to the Yellow Green Market there in Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, just stuff like that and buy herbs in bulk up from, from the locals because that's still going to, yeah, I mean, they're doing, they're doing permaculture on a massive scale. So it's like if you can't do it at home, if you can't get the banana tree at home, support the ones that do. Right. So. And the cool part is you could even go to Whole Foods and regrow some of their organic stuff, mm-hmm. produce that you get. You can like take the garlic, mm-hmm. plant it, regrow it, turmeric, <laughs> ginger, celery, Good cilantro, um, and tomatoes. I mean, so much stuff. You can just literally take it from there and grow it. I posted on my profile like a couple weeks ago of squash that I was growing in Chicago with my mom 
it's from a seeds that I got at Whole Foods and I just saved them. Um, I ate the squash, made it, and then I saved the seeds for the next season and then I planted them. So how zero waste is that? Like it's so easy, <laughs> you know? So if, if you don't want, if someone doesn't want to go to a plant meetup, you know, just go to right. Whole Foods, get the organic version, save the seeds and grow it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It works. So how does this all play into, and you might have mentioned it, into Food Forest? So when I was in college, I mentioned that I studied permaculture and I talked about our dates. So I had friends that lived um, at a house for four years and their entire front and backyard, all food, all food. So many mango trees, star fruit, mulberries, passion fruit, Crazy, yeah. so many sweet potatoes, um, sun, Mexican sunflower. Yeah, I mean, everything. they had everything. And so they would literally go out in the morning, make their tea, come back inside, go back outside, maybe get, and they're all vegan. So they'd go outside, cut up some fruit, bring it back inside, make it. Then they'd make like a, um, a tomato, kale, moringa, sweet potato stew for dinner, all from the garden, you know? And so, and it, starting a permaculture in the beginning, it's a lot of work because you have to get the plants and care for them properly. But two, three years into it, when everything's starting to fruit and become mature, it's so easy. And you have to spend time maybe like, you know, mulching, composting, um, little tidy up things, but it becomes so fun because that's like your version of Netflix. I mean, you, you just get so connected to the plants and the outdoors, you don't want to go back inside. So, um, we had so much fun at their house and I mean, that's the definition. They're like living off their land in this small teeny house in Fort Myers, Florida. And it was so funny cause they were in a neighborhood a total suburban neighborhood. It's like regular house, regular family house, regular family house. And then you get to this house and you can't even see the house. Can't the see whole it, yeah. front is just like, it's a jungle. It's a jungle and it's all food. And then the whole back is a jungle. It's like, it was so funny. If you had like an aerial shot of that property, it'd be so funny. Cause you just probably see all this green grass that all their neighbors are growing and putting so much water into and pesticides and all this stuff. And they're not even, they're spending so much money on their lawns, but they're not even growing anything. Like yeah, they're not I mean, even using their lawns. To, so. to keep up with the permaculture, I mean, it probably takes the same or less time than it would to mow, to mow your right. front backyard. Right. Like, yeah. you know, so mm -hmm. there's really, again, there's no excuses. You just, yeah, yeah. it's just, where do you want to put your time? Right, right. You know, and we don't really want to mow our lawn, our, our lawn. We just would rather plant trees, plant, you know, fruit. Right. And it just makes sense because it's just going to keep giving. Right. Like it doesn't make sense to have a front and back lawn where you just mow and put pesticides on. I don't think so. And just not use. Like it makes no sense. And so when people are like, we can't feed the world through a vegan diet, I'm always like, do you grow any food in your front or backyard? And they're like, no. <laughs> Most of the people are like, no. I'm like, well, first of all, do you have a front and backyard? Second of all, do you, you utilize all of it to grow food? Most of the people aren't even growing a single plant that's edible. So it's like, well, how can you speak on that? You know, because realistically in Florida, we could be walking outside and instead of all this landscape to look, make everything look touristy and, you know, pretty in the eyes of like, tourists, I guess. It could be still beautiful and pretty, but it can all be edible. 
So there could be fruit trees everywhere. People would never be hungry if we made all of Florida's um, landscaping edible. Same thing with Georgia, Texas, Arizona. Even in Chicago, there can be apple trees, peach trees, patches everywhere. But we spend that money like fertilizing these palm trees and fertilizing all of these plants outside, spraying so much pesticides on them just for looks and aesthetics. It's kind of actually mm -hmm. a little bit twisted of why we do that. So it's, it's really kind of going back to the basics and being like, listen, like what makes more sense planting a tree to be pretty or we can plant a tree that's still gorgeous and pretty and we can also provide for ourselves off of it so it's like okay which one makes more sense here mm -hmm. but you know within the system it's a little corrupt they want us to go to the grocery stores and purchase that contribute to the economy so that's kind of buy, buy the buy the orange from california that's you know in the florida market that right. should be grown in Florida. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it gets a little, you know, corrupt. So that's Crazy. why the number one way to be zero waste is to grow your own food. Well, that is the number one way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, one of the things that pops up in my head is like for these food forests, uh, how is, is there a concern with like critters and, and, you know, animals and whatnot, you know, especially if you have younger children like how, do, how does that factor into everything? So the good thing about permacultures is, is that everything is planted strategically and plants have pest resistance themselves. It's when we put plants like acres and acres and acres of kale, if you get a bug that comes, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I have all this kale and go after it. Rather than if you have kale, mango, banana, this and that. So then you have like you can plant kale and then you can plant like a beautyberry plant next to the kale and beautyberry gives off a natural pest resistant um like an it's basically a natural fungicide insecticide pesticide that deters the bugs from going to the kale so that's the cool thing about permaculture is everything is so strategic that and it's so diverse so like if you get a bug going after the kale it's not it's not going to go after all the rest of the plants too it's probably just going to go after the kale if anything um and then you just kind of can move it around if you want but really i mean in the permaculture and um fgcu that we'd go to there was like never any t bugs taking over plants was like not an issue at all because it's just so diverse mm -hmm. it's not a monoculture like a monoculture you've, heard, you've heard a name right yes Nemoid. That's that's just a plant, and it, it acts as the same. Like literally, you plant it next to a kale bush, um, a kale bush, or what would you call it? A but yeah, you can call it a kale bush. Yeah, a kale bush. Um, plant it next to a kale bush, and literally, there you go, natural pesticide. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to to prevent the things that we've been taught. Right. Yeah. There's so many plants that'll deter birds, um, bugs, everything. There. I mean, there's how many edible plants out there? I mean, over thousands. hundreds of thousands. Thousands. So it's like, you know, we people don't people know what like strawberries are, blueberries, mangoes, you know. But then when you start throwing in like sapodillas, sapote, cherimoya, adamoya, people are like, oh my gosh, these even exist. And that just kind of shows like our knowledge is so our 
um, basic knowledge of plants and like edible landscaping is so minimal. And it, once you kind of dip your toe in, you're like, oh my gosh, everything kind of when you're vegan, everything I've been taught is a lie. <laughs> like totally grow our own food. Like we're taught that we cannot, but it's so we're, we can be self-sustaining beings. So it's really just like kind of looking through a different lens and being like, okay, like, I have so much to learn and I got this because we're not meant to live this way. We're meant to be in tune with nature and grow our own food. So we've mentioned permaculture and I believe you gave the definition, but just, is it, is, is it synonymous with food forest or like what, how do those two relate? Yeah. So it's like a food forest is basically just a permaculture. Like I, the easiest way I describe permaculture to people is just like, it's a self-sustaining garden. That's like a food, like a forest, but it's all food. So you go in, everything is strategically planned and like nature is so intelligent where it can, um, like I was saying later, like the, the bamboo is planted here to shade the kale, which, um, repels the birds from going to the moringa you know just all these different different things um, that are strategically intelligently placed to self-sustain and produce a high yield of fruits and vegetables and food in general and uh, yeah so they're they're basically basically synonymous and if somebody wanted to get you know do some more research where would be a good place for them to start for permaculture um hmm Maybe, I mean, like I said, there's so many. Sounds like Carly has a new business. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many permaculture groups on Facebook that I'm a part of that have taught me so much. I studied it in college, so Florida Gulf Coast is a great place to learn more about it if anyone's YouTube. interested. YouTube, I've learned so much from YouTube. Um just meeting up with most of my knowledge has come from like my friends in the food forest community. I've learned so much from them. So just getting it with the community that there's, into... there's community gardens as well that you can volunteer at. Right. So just look up in your, in your local County or your local city, just look up uh, different community gardens and then just reach out to whoever that organizer is and, and just say, Hey, I want to volunteer. And they have like volunteer groups because they need the, they need the help. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a way as well. Right. So we talked about permaculture. What exactly is horticulture? Horticulture. I mean, it's kind of just a different way of growing your own food. I don't really, horticulture is I learned is kind of just like an umbrella term and then permaculture is under horticulture horticulture just like so let's say horticulture is the umbrella then there's permaculture there's monoculture there's hydroponics aquaponics um, and it's really just all different ways of growing your own food. And so some are more sustainable than the others. Like for existent, for example, I know someone that uses like aquaponics that they have fish and then they've like a whole, like the sky in Costa Rica has a whole pool in his backyard of fish. And then all the poop goes to the bottom and then he has a pipe that collects the poop and it goes to all of his acres of plants and it fertilizes those plants and then it gr helps them grow. So instead of using cow manure and whatever that these um, organic companies are using at, you know, when you get your, when you get your food from whole foods, that's organic kale. It's probably likely that 
the farmer that's growing that is using some type of animal product like cow poop, whatever. So, um, and a little bit more on that, like I had friends in college in my food forest group. So one of them had a bunny and he had a food forest. So he would just, we would all go to his house and, um, one time we were mixing the bunny poop with like hay and stuff like that, like making our own compost and like putting it under the banana trees and it just helps the plants grow so much. So that's an ethical way to get compost and like fertilizer for your plants, you know? And, um, that's also something too, like animals can totally coexist in permacultures. Like it's actually great to have chickens, um, around the permaculture. Like that's an amazing source of pest resistance, but some permaculture people are like, okay. And that's also great because then you could eat the eggs and the chicken. And then obviously it's like, or you could just leave the chickens. Like you don't necessarily just cause they're there does not mean you have to utilize them, um, and eat them, but they can totally play a role into gardening. And then, great, um, grazing, right? Yeah. Grazing. Totally. Totally. Um, but yeah, so like I said, the guy was using his fish to help grow and fertilize the plants in the backyard. And then it, and then it was just, and then he would feed some of the plants to the fish and then it would just be like a circle and it would go around and around. So very sustainable that way. Some people agree with having those fish, some don't. He would eat those fish. I think they were tilapia. So, and again, he's coming from the perspective of, okay, well, I'm not, there's no animal agriculture. I'm being ethical, like this and that. Or you can just not eat the fish at all. So it just, you know, it depends what the people align with, I guess. So, but that's just a, um, like one of the examples under the umbrella term. There's so many ways to grow your own food. Okay. So horticulture is like someone were to study horticulture, they would probably learn all those different ways of, yes. of growing food. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. And um, so you mentioned a few, and one of the things that actually came up in conversation, uh, we were working with um, an organization that did exactly what you mentioned. They had the fish and they used the, the poop for fertilizer, or like how you explained it. So, but the question came up on the ethical, ethicalness, ethic, whatever, the ethical side of it. Would that be considered vegan? And the way you explained it, doesn't, it seems like it could be ethical in, the, in that return, in that terms. But is there a gray area there? Like if somebody were... I mean, personally, we've discussed this and I would be totally fine. Like people flush their fish down the toilet because they don't want them. Like I, you know, there's like carnival fish that you get all, like people get all the time. Like fish are kind of treated like they're useless. And so I would be totally comfortable if someone didn't want their fish, I would totally take it and help like help it or use it to help me grow my own food because what else am I going to do go release it in the wild so it gets eaten because yeah. it's not supposed to be there you know mm -hmm. so I think if someone really wanted to do it I mean they could rescue a fish like they rescued a dog you know so mm -hmm. it's like because at the end of the day is us having a dog even vegan because dogs are not supposed to be like we breeded them to be like this and then it's gotten to this point where they need to be rescued and they're all over mm -hmm. and they're strays so we have messed with nature to a bit where there's no clear answer. What do you think? I agree. I agree hundred percent. If you're rescuing the fish, then yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Don't go to PetSmart yeah, don't go, and get a beta. Don't contribute to new, right. no, to the, to the breeding. But yeah, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna rescue a fish and put it and save it for, you know, <laughs> say it lives for 10 more years or whatever. And then you get, you yield X amount of plants because of that fish. 
I mean, it's a win-win. You're saving yeah. the fish's life and you're eating more free food. Right. So I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I mean, you know, if it's new fish, obviously, then no. You yeah. never, it's, it's the same thing as like, like zero waste. Like we wouldn't buy a new packaged brownie. But if it's past its use-by date and someone's going to throw it away, then we're going to buy it. So it's it's kind of kind of along the same yeah uh, moral compasses yeah for sure zero waste yeah I really don't see a problem with it at all it's kind of like saving like a like you know an animal rescue you save yeah you save a donkey and maybe you'll put it to work a little bit because it needs the exercise and it needs the you know the love and whatever it is or some people leave or rescue it. a chicken for so, the permaculture for pest resistance right same thing so he's working for you but I mean he's just Living, living out life. his life, yeah. having fun, you know? Yeah. So it kind of goes along with that. Yeah. So you mentioned pets. And we, if anyone has met you, maybe they've had the, the pleasure of also meeting your, your pop meeting Pashi. She's <laughs> so what do you do with, with in this lifestyle in terms of pet care? Yeah, so we, uh, we actually... Where do you want to begin with this? So pet care, all of her, like, her leash, her harnesses, she has a scarf. Um, all that stuff is, is secondhand. So that's all thrift, either thrifted or, or hand-me-downs from friends. Thrifted or gifted. All her toys and stuff like that are all thrifted or gifted. Right. Um, <laughs> it? Yeah, that thing. Some this squeaky, is, squeaky balls. Our friends have a vegan. They have a vegan cheese company in Canada. Their name's Vegan Stokes. And they gave us probably like 10 probably toys 10 for Pashi. And they all squeak. We hear this in like the middle of the night. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's she's she's essentially she's on her own zero waste journey as well. She's your um, She just got that toy after I threw it. Here we go. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> here we go. She wants to chill on the bed. Yeah, she wants to go to sleep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, what else? We have... Uh, so where she goes to the bathroom, we trained her to go on the porch on a fresh patch, fresh patch of grass. The brand is called Fresh Patch. Mm -hmm. um, if you go on our Instagram, we posted a video of her doing her business on the patch. Um, and that's just she still goes, you know, she goes on walks and she goes yeah. on. We take her to the beach and we take her to the dog park, etc. But this is this is for people like if you live in an apartment. Some people live in you know high rises in Miami where you're like 30 floors up. And if your dog has to pee, especially if you have a puppy like this, really hard to train and, you know, go from floor to floor, like just get a fresh patch yeah. and, it, and it helps out a lot because it's real grass. So then they still get that. They get used to it and then still go outside as well because it's not the fake turf. Right. So and then you can just compost it. Yeah. Wait, wait. So so I'm picturing it like kitty litter, but it's like um, grass and a yeah. dog just go, what? different yeah. sizes and stuff and then you know it lasts about two two three weeks depending on where you put it and what kind of climate um and then you can just you get new ones and then we always um we have bamboo toilet paper that we use so we just pick up her poop with bamboo toilet paper and we flush it down the toilet because that's the most sustainable way to dispose of pet waste actually because if you're using a plastic bag putting the poop in it putting it in the trash it's just like turning into methane gas in the landfill. It's real, like pet waste is a huge environmental issue because if you're not disposing of it properly too, 
It can like seep into the waterways, it contaminates the aquifers, contaminates the local waterways like the ocean, rivers, etc. So yeah, it's easy for us because she's super small. We just pick it up with bamboo toilet paper and we put it we put it down the toilet. Yeah. And she yeah, and also for food, so she's a vegan puppy, so I was like, I came from like, okay, I want to make all of her own food for sure. And Brendan's like, well, she's already vegan. We have a vegan vet as well. And we kind of had the discussion of like, well, she's a vegan dog. And we want to make sure as a puppy, she's getting all of her minerals that she needs. Um, so we have the dog. We got a huge bag of V dog. And then we'll mix it with like our juice pulp, like watermelon, apples, carrots. We'll throw in some hemp seeds, nutritional yeast, beans. So we just mix it in there, but a little bit of dog food to like guarantee that she's getting all of her nutrients that she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually, um, there's big bags of wild earth dog food too. And she loves that. Like it's a really good vegan dog food brand. And neither of those are zero waste really. Like they come in bulk, but they're still not in compostable packaging or um, reusable packaging but that's one of the things we have to make as she's a puppy because like we adopted her and we're not going to have her health sacrifice she's a dog so just because i want her to be zero waste but she's a puppy like i'm not a a vet i can't literally see everything and guarantee she's getting all of her nutrients from a meal that i'm making so and then of course someone might say well you're no longer zero waste because you adopted a puppy then the conversation just ends. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're like, all right. Another rabbit hole, you know? Yes. There's so many. It's Everything just, is a rabbit hole. That's when, that's when I end the conversation. Right. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. So, that sounds like, oh, you're vegan. So what about what about insects? What about this? And they start trying to find any sort of little thing. And it's just kind of like. In 2013, you're not vegan. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you yeah. mean? You drove here. And your, yeah. your windshield hit a bug. Yeah. Bug at the windshield or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the number one way to to be um, zero waste is to grow your own food. Do you have like a checklist? I know that may be simplifying things too much, but do you have some, maybe like a list? I mean, people's brains naturally gravitate towards a list of things people can do to be sustainable. I mean, to be sustainable zero waste. Yeah, I mean, again, that windowsill herb garden, totally, totally recommend that. For people that don't live in a warm climate, definitely just, if you, like, I got my mom indoor grow lights. She lives in Chicago, and in the basement, she's growing her own, like, tomatoes in the winter. She grows, like, a ton of her own produce, so indoor grow lights are always a great step if you don't live in a warm climate. But yeah, if people like are kind of nervous, just start simple, like plant some lavender, plant some peppermint, maybe stuff that you enjoy to smell. Um, A lot of my own like hair care and like body products I make out of like fresh plants that I grow and it kind of just evolves from there. So, but yeah, we're going to create a list now of everything. (laughs) Start planting in your home. Apartment, yeah. condo, etc. Yeah. We'll, we'll create a list and we'll share it on our website, sustainableduo.com. We'll get that up soon because that's a good idea. And now we have to credit Sean 
<laughs> we'll link exactly. we'll, we'll definitely link the article in the notes as well as well yeah. as any other resources you create between now and then so that they can you know really see what you guys are up to you know it's it's great to have examples that you can look at gain inspiration from and it makes it a lot easier you know having that list of um you know stores thrift places that people can jump start and it'd be one less obstacle or barrier for them to get going right. totally and in our ebooks we have three ebooks but in our holistic hacks ebook and our zero waste ebook i talk about like using the own your own um like plants that you grow to make like there's ways that women can make their own mascara out of plants. You can make, people are dyeing their hair with bleach, but you can use chamomile that you grow and use it in your hair to turn your hair a little lighter of a color. I used to dye my hair when I was younger with coffee and henna. So I put all of those tips in our eBooks of little hacks and then like tips for guys too, like just making your own like scents from stuff you forage outside. So there's just so many things. Each eBook has like, close to a hundred tips. Cause we literally have so many tips. Like there's a hack for everything. Mm -hmm. So those are also a really good resource. And how, and where can they get that? Um, get those eBooks. They're on sustainableduo.com under the shop. And what are some of the things they can find on sustainable, um, sustainableduo.com? Everything to get your zero waste journey started off. Right. Yeah. Everything. I mean, utensils and bowls and coconut bowls, zero waste kits. Um, the ebooks for all the tips and hacks that you needed, and really just more resources. Um, there's discounts to other products as well. Yeah. So there's it's it's a one stop shop for you. Two. CBD as well. CBD because we're really big advocates for the CBD industry because hemp is actually more than zero waste by growing hemp. You're putting nutrients back into the soil and replenishing and refertilizing. So the hemp industry is we all like we always support companies that are making hemp clothing we have a couple hemp fanny packs hemp hats like hemp is just so so sustainable it's great it's right up there with bamboo and cork and is there are there any limitations to growing hemp because of the nature of the product there's definitely like different, like we do not grow around hemp. We never have, but you have to, there's certain people that can grow. I mean, Colorado, you can grow it. You know, the, you the can, legalization, you, you can grow hemp. I don't know. I don't know. Like the legalization. Yeah, I don't know. Legal, I don't know the, I don't know the, um, the, the fine print. No, I don't, but you can, you can grow hemp in, in States. I know that, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I'd have to the look it up. The legalities of it. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you can get CBD in all the states, but it's, you might it's, not be able to grow hemp. It's so strong. Like the the plant fibers in hemp are like ten times stronger than concrete. So we've even created a product called Hempcrete, and we just haven't put it to use. So yeah. So I mean, I want to thank you both so much for everything that you shared on this podcast. I'm looking forward to those links. This is going to be going out a little bit later than when they're recording it. Right now, 
for people watching it. We're recording it in October, late October. So by that time, you know, I will be able to reach out to you guys, maybe put some resources together for ourselves because we had, I don't know if you guys are from, um, know, but we have a resource on our website called the Vegan Toolbox. And the idea behind that is to group a lot of different resources from animal, um, from animal rights to restaurants to the environment put them all in one place so people can have easy access to it. And we're also in the middle of developing an app that's going to be a version of that as well. So, you know, we'll definitely link to all of your resources and, you know, figure out as much content as we can create to pull this community together. So it could be one less reason for them to say, this is too hard. And that goes from veganism, that goes to being an animal rights activist, every single aspect of of the of the culture um, so thank you so much for inspiring me with so much ideas and and things of that nature and any closing remarks anything that you want to share with the audience that maybe we didn't touch on we covered it all yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it looks like we'll have to come back for episode three <laughs> yeah <laughs> Woo. all right guys thank you so much and one more time where can people find you Sustainable underscore duo on Instagram and sustainableduo.com on the internet. All right. And we'll see you next time. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. And we want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the SoFlow Vegans podcast. We had a great time speaking with Brendan and Carly from Sustainable Duo. It is always a pleasure meeting up with them both, whether it's on our podcast or at one of the many events that happen in the South Florida area. So make sure you go check out their website at sustainableduo.com. And we would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Vegan Cuts. So make sure that you get $5 off your first order by going to sofovegans.com slash community to see the special offers that we have. And we also have a few other offers. You can go and get your health into order with the plant chicks as well as get some amazing savings from Clean Machine and if you have your SoFlo Vegans t-shirt or vegan flag wristband, you can go to Batch. And with your purchase, you get a $5 gift card. That's right. A $5 gift card just for supporting SoFlo Vegans. So go to SoFloVegans.com community. See all the ways you can support our growing movement. And we'll see you next time.